Protestants worship God through their spirit-filled worship services, fellowship, and Bible studies. Catholics worship God through their beautiful cathedrals, liturgies, and sacred traditions. As Protestants and Catholics, we worship the same God, we just do it a little differently. But that's no reason to behave like prideful little children in the Father's house who fight over who God loves more just because he gave us different colored rooms. For there is no distinction between Jews and Gentiles, and there is no distinction between Protestants and Catholics. The same Lord is Lord of all, and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are all God's children, but the enemy has us distracted and divided against ourselves. Meanwhile, he's destroying our families and robbing our children of their future. But it doesn't have to end this way. If we want to beat the enemy, Protestants and Catholics must join forces. But how? Stop talking about how we are different and start talking about how we are the same. We are all the same in our struggles. We are all broken and we all need a savior named Jesus. There are 120 million Protestants and Catholics in America. Imagine if we stopped fighting each other and started fighting the enemy and his evildoers. Imagine if we all pointed in the same direction, back towards God. Imagine if we started voting for laws that align with God's laws. What would happen? We believe that God's hand of protection and favor would heal our land and bring us back to one nation under God. We like this idea so much, we created Broken Catholic, the number one podcast in the world for Protestants and Catholics. Now close your eyes and take a listen as everyday Christians share shocking before and after stories of how they resisted or cooperated with God's plan for their lives and what happened next. Grab your pen and paper because in the next few minutes, you're going to learn how to increase your faithfulness, your fruitfulness, and your fulfillment in God's kingdom. Let's go. Today, my featured guest is Dave Domzalski, and he is an Orthodox Christian. He's a husband. He's a father of two beautiful little human beings. He hosts the Dad Devotionals podcast, where he encourages men to put on Christ and provides practical advice to live out your God-given purpose. Gentlemen, I've do- been doing a lot of episodes for you. Why? Because you're the one that God's going to hold responsible for your family. At the end of your life, when you breathe your last, it's going to be a time of great peace for you, or it's going to be a time of great regret. We'd like to avoid the regret. So if you're on board with that, listen to the show today. Dave is going to drop some value for you, just for you. If you feel stuck, if you feel trapped, if you feel it's pointless, you don't even know where to start. You know what you should do, but you don't know how to Take that first step. Dave is going to teach you that today. Dave is also an entrepreneur and writer founding Run the Money to help families fuel their financial future by paying off debt, saving money, and starting family-owned businesses. So he's a man after my own heart. He's an entrepreneur wiring in there. Uh, You know, he's a a good guy. And uh, I had the pleasure of being on his podcast um, and we had a great conversation, really glorifying God and through our brokenness, right? And uh, Dave's with me, man. He's like, hey, we don't got it all figured out. Thank goodness we got God. All right. So Dave, welcome to uh, Broken Catholic, number one podcast on iTunes for Protestants and Catholics. We're unified. We need each other. There's too many evildoers sprouting up everywhere. There's power in numbers. We got to fight back. Let's go. Welcome to the show, brother. Thank you so much. Let's blow up some rocks. <laughs> I like what you did there. Blow up some rocks. Let's go. We got rocks in our heads as men, don't we? Yes, we do. And they really trip us up in our life. We're constantly stumbling over the same rocks. Mm-hmm. That's frustrating. That's exhausting. All right. Take a minute. Share something personal about you that very few people in your business life or ministry actually know. Well, actually... Few folks know that I that I am in actually the public affairs industry. So when I speak to folks, I'm coming at it from a point of, you know, we are on our own personal brand in many ways. Okay. So how are you living that brand out in terms of your spiritual life? You know, take take aside all of the uh, all the craziness in the world. How are you showing up spiritually? And that includes all of your relationships. Mm. You know, so it's so easy to neglect our spiritual life because we can't touch it, feel it, squeeze it, smell it. 
right? We just can't. We can't use our five senses. So we look at our physical life and with our, all our senses and we're like, okay, I got to make more money. I got to work out. Man, this dad bod is killing me, <laughs> right? Where did that come from? I can't see the floor anymore, right? I remember when I hit like 43, it happened to me. And I'm like, never. I swore I would never have a dad bod. And then all of a sudden, it's like there was an intruder in my home and it attached itself to me. I needed that, that guy out, man. So I fought him because I looked at my wife in the eye. I'm off on a tangent here, Dave. All right. So I looked at my wife in the eye and I had sworn to her before we got married. Honey, I will never have a dad bod. Never. And if I ever start to look like I do, you have permission to call me out and I will take care of that intruder. And, uh, you know, her graceful self didn't call me out, but the mirror did. And, uh, I, man, I went to work on that and I got rid of that dad bod. I lost 20 pounds in two weeks and I've kept it off for over a year and a half. Any gentleman out there want to know the last secret? It wasn't me, but I can let you in on it if you reach out to me. All right. So Dave, like, come on, man, you run dad devotionals. All right. We're going to get into that and we're going to get into all the guys you get to speak with broken Catholics, broken Protestants, right? And uh, all the struggles we have as men. But before we go there, let's go back in time a little bit. Let's like talk about you. I want to hear God's story told through Dave's life. All right. Did you raise, were you raised in a family, uh, you know, where there was faith present? Um, did you guys believe in Christ? Did you not? Was that introduced later on? Paint us a picture from like childhood through the teen years into the college years. And then we'll pause right there. Yeah, no, that sounds good. So I, you talk about being Catholic. I mean, I was, I went to Catholic grade school. I went to a Catholic high school. I went to a Catholic college. I even ended up getting a, an MBA at a Catholic university. So I was raised Catholic. Uh, grew up in the suburbs and, uh, you know, outskirts of uh, Philadelphia. And I'll be honest, while, while faith was present, it was kind of a, a ticking of the box. So I grew up, you know, by all means, yeah, we, we attended church every Sunday. Um, well, my, my mother and my two other brothers, my father usually went to uh, get the groceries at that time. And so seeing that, I guess, seeing how my dad didn't really make it a priority, I, it was very easy for me not to make it a priority. And growing up in a house where we were paying lip service to the faith, uh, and we weren't really focused on living that out. It left me very confused. And as happens to most, including my two brothers, I fell away um, despite all of the education, despite all of the uh, all of the religious classes and everything throughout my years. It just wasn't let's something pause, that stuck. Yeah, let's pause there right right there, because that's critical. So, brother, you're listening right now. And maybe you're preaching God to your kids and you're giving them the right information. You're telling them about God, how great he is, etc. why they need to believe in him. And then out of all the, the time in the week and your schedule, you're going to grocery shopping right when it's time for church or you're going to do something else. You're out mowing the lawn because darn it, it can't be any other time in the week it has to be right then bottom line is this are you showing up in conflict with what you're teaching your kids because as you just heard from dave a boy and girls they will model what you show not what you say they will model what you show not what you say so how are you showing up that's what you're really teaching them. Are you consistent or resistant? Which are you? Are you consistent with God and your faith and they're seeing that steadiness in dad? Or are you resistant with your faith? You're like Adam and Eve in the garden running away from God. That's what they're going to model. All right, Dave, thanks for that pause take us from there. Okay. So like you, you didn't have that real faith. Like you had the religion, but maybe not the relationship. With God, is that fair? Honestly, after I left college, I actively was angry at God. Tell us um, more about that. 
yeah, I, I didn't have the best relationship with my parents. And, um, you know, I, I left college very unsure of what I wanted to do, even though I had a degree in accounting. <laughs> I, I was kind of ushered into that and pushed into that. And, you know, subsequently, I mean, I, I, I had a, a lackluster career. And I, I wasn't willing to surrender to anybody. I had to take control and figure it out. The, the problem is I was constantly spinning my wheels in an effort to do it. I didn't know what I wanted. Mm. Um, so that's really where it left me. Okay. So here you are like a little resentful or towards, we'll say your parents, because you were pushed in a direction that maybe wasn't your calling or your dream career. So now you're fighting against that, but you're not actually fighting for anything. You're just fighting against different things. Is that a, a fair way to say it? Yes, that's, that's actually more than fair. Um, I, I was directionless. Um, mm. you, you know, it, it, instead of not having a, a, a job or a career like a lot of college students end up, end up I was kind of, I mean, I knew I was going to have a job. I did internships in junior and senior year. I, I knew I was going to have a job lined up. I just knew that I was graduating into a life I didn't want. Mm, that's so tough. So why not run to God for clarity at that point? Why run away? There was no relationship there for me, for me with him. I think I, I would, at that point, I don't think I went to confession past sophomore year of high school, of high school, not college, of high school. I, I, once I left uh, left high school, I didn't have that, that weekly attendance at, at church or anything. And while I, like I said, I, I mean, I had the instruction in, in religious areas. I mean, it wasn't overtly, um, focused on my, the principles of Catholicism or anything. I didn't have, there was no relationship. And, and I mean, as we all know, when, when there's no relationship, what's there to communicate, what, what's there to build on? There's, there's nothing. I, I didn't, I had no faith. Mm. Well, it's a good thing that you didn't sin anymore since high school, right? <laughs> Obviously, oh, yeah. you were sin-free during those, those non-wild years as a young man. So, like, let's be real. What did you do with all that? Like, you were taught the foundational principles of faith, and you knew sin, and, and you're out there probably doing what we're all doing, partying and, and doing that thing. What did you do with it as it started to the rocks so to speak, started to pile up the sin, the heaviness, the head trash, the broken relationships, the hurt, people hurting you. What was your outlet? You know, it was it was interesting. Um, when I was in college, I dated a girl who was Orthodox Christian. And that was the first time that that was even introduced to my to my world. Uh, I think I meant to maybe went, meant to, went to church with her once or twice. And then shortly after graduating, um, when I when I had my first job, I met my wife in Orlando, Florida, who also happened to be an Orthodox Christian. And I, you know, I look back on it now and it's like, so you were, I was completely over in left field and you were stitching it all together. You were introducing things that I had, had no, no concept. I didn't know what I was, what I was even doing there. I remember when I was with my girlfriend, I, I crossed myself the Catholic way and Orthodox mm -hmm. do it the other way. And the, the priest called me out on it. <laughs> <laughs> so really pretty, i didn't know that That's yes yes it is it is but the point was god god was trying to get my attention i was just i i would it wasn't even beyond resistant to it i was i was oblivious <laughs> yeah in, in many ways i mean absolutely positively oblivious could we um, use the word indifferent possibly oh oh definitely indifferent uh you know i, I mean i was like i said i, I was angry I, I was yeah. angry i was angry at, I, I was angry at the world I mean, even, you know, I mean, I, I guess I didn't even realize I was angry with God, but I was angry at the world. I was angry that this had, this happened to me. You know, I, I kept playing this, uh, this victimhood, uh, you know, taking that persona on in very many ways. And, and, and I, I go back to, it. I was directionless. I, I, ha I, I had all of these things I knew I didn't want, but I, I didn't know what I wanted. Yeah. And you know what, at that age, pretty common, right? Graduate college, you get the degree, and then you have no interest in pursuing the degree, right? Very common thing out there. However, take all that anger that you had, right, as a young man. You're angry at just the world in general because here you are aimless, pointless. And when a man feels out of control, he gets angry, yeah. right? If he can't control something, 
do something, become greater. He knows he's made for greatness, but he can't act upon it. That causes frustration. And over time, it stacks into anger and rocks and other things, right? And then he needs those outlets for those things. So that's just you as a young man, which was very common for that age uh, period in your life. Now, fast forward to the man who's listening right now. Yep, I'm calling you out, brother. And here you are in your 30s, in your 40s, possibly your 50s, maybe even your 60s. You're married. You have kids. You're working a job. Maybe you're running a business. And here you are again, feeling aimless, pointless, no meaning, no purpose. And you're angry because you feel you have no control on the different areas of your life. Maybe in one or two, but not in all of them. So, Dave, if you'd be willing, from everything you've learned since then Hmm. to now, to find purpose, to find meaning, to find relationship with God, speak to that man. What is he missing right now that's keeping him stuck in that darkness where God wants him in his light? What do you want to say to that man? Yeah, well, listen, guys, I've been where you are. I know what you're going through. I know how impossible it can seem. I know how every day you 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 have that that just drudgery. You wake up and you're like, another day, really? I mean, I I, I used to, I never I never really meant it, but I would say to my wife, you know, kind of just wish I got into an accident today on my way to work. That way I don't have to. That way I don't I don't have to show up. So if you're having those kind of thoughts, like I wish X would happen, so I don't have to do Y, I've been there. The only thing, the only thing that's worked for me is prayer. That's it. I've tried to, I've tried to self-soothe, especially through things like sports. Uh, I got to the point where my favorite team, the Philadelphia Phillies, won the 2008 World Series. And it was interesting because I tried to make it to that parade. And God wouldn't let me. And I, and I, I, I believe he wouldn't let me. I watched, I was at the last stop for the train and I watched train after train after train go by. And it's like, but I'm, at least according to my friends, I'm the Philly's biggest fan. Aren't they going to stop it for me? Aren't they going to say, hold, wait, wait a minute. Dave's not on Broad Street yet. We can't, we can't continue with this. No, they didn't stop. Nothing stopped. I missed it. I had to watch it on, on TV. And I realized that what I thought was so important in my life this scale started falling away from my eyes because I just saw it for the BS that really, that really is. Now, sports are great. They can teach you a lot, but I used it as a crutch. I, I had to watch every Phillies game. I couldn't go anywhere without watching a Phillies game because it, it meant so much to me. It was my God. It was my idol. Um, nothing can replace the one true God. Nothing. I've tried. It doesn't work. Mm. You, you need to get real with yourself and our Lord. All right, brother, so you're listening right now, and Dave's sharing his heart and his struggle and how he worshiped the false god in sports, which is very common amongst us men. Let's be real about it. You know, you pride yourself on wearing the jerseys. You pride yourself on being that sports fanatic in your community. All your bros know you're your team's biggest fan. You show emotions that you don't show anywhere else in your life you show in front of your tv you get angry you blow up on the tv when your team is losing you celebrate and and just jump up and down and scream with excitement and joy when your team wins and scores but you won't do it when someone close to you does something incredible and is winning in their life. You won't do it when your little kid stands up and is courageous and faces a fear of theirs. You don't celebrate with the same energy. You don't celebrate when your wife conquers an area of herself right before your eyes or grows in holiness or grows closer to God. No, instead, you chastise her because it makes you feel further away the closer she gets to him. Right? This is what we do with men. I call it 
you know, misdistributed anger. Anger is good. It's a healthy, godly emotion. Jesus expressed in the temple righteous anger. He flipped the tables when the merchants were desecrating his father's house. See, anger is a valid masculine trait, an emotion given to you by God to fight evil and evildoers. The problem is you and I and other men were passive as the evil is spreading. So what do we do? We got to channel the, the anger somewhere. So we blow up on our wife. We blow up on our kids when things don't go our way or the family vacation didn't go exactly to your schedule. Come on. This is the problem. Anger is not the problem. Toxic anger, not a thing. Okay? There's men with some serious emotional issues, sure. But there's, so, there's women too. I used to date them. <laughs> maybe one all right but the point is the point is dave let me go thanks for the rant man you know i think i'm touching some serious heart things here for you brother as you're listening right now your anger is not a problem where you're pointing it is the problem you're pointing on the people that you love that god gave you for you to protect and you're the you're letting the enemy attack your family through your anger what are you doing? Stop it. Aren't you embarrassed? Like enough. Stand up and take all that energy and rage. And instead of screaming at your sports television screen, go scream at the local abortion mill that's killing babies right on your in your neighborhood. Go scream, at, you know, in the lobby, right be a lobbyist or whatever for your local politicians who are passing laws that are totally stealing your kids' futures, that are pushing all these agendas in your kids' schools. Go stand up at those board meetings. Express some righteous anger there. Then your anger will have a purpose. Right now your anger is just a volcano that's hurting people, including yourself. Dave, thank you for that. I want you to speak. Just carry that baton that I just passed to you. What else do you want to say to the men listening right now about anger? Because you lived it. You know, guys, um, anger, anger when you, when you hold on to it, right? When we hold on to that anger and we don't let it go, we, we use it as um as a means actually as the primary means with with which we communicate with everybody you know we get angry when something happens to us at work we get angry when uh you know our, one of our kids does something that is you know relatively trivial we get angry uh when our spouse maybe asks us to help out with something i know my one of my primary uh default responses is with anger when anybody asks me to do something I immediately say, you know, well, but that doesn't fit my agenda. I had a plan. I, I, I had all these things that I wanted to do. Don't you and, know how important I am? How busy <laughs> I am? <laughs> yes, yes, exactly, exactly. And, you know, it's funny um, when I don't pray in the morning and when I, if I get too busy and I don't pray and I don't make that a priority and I don't, and I don't make my uh, Bible reading or, or religious text reading a priority, my wife can sense it immediately. She immediately knows. And she's like, you didn't pray today, did you? I'm like, no. And I, cause she can tell by my level of irritability, my anxiety, my annoyance, the way I react to the kids, the way I react to the dog, the way I react to my job. Guys, when we don't make that our, our focus, our foundation, how we stay grounded, how we build on our day, use that as the ground floor. It, <laughs> Satan's going to use your anger. He's going to use it and he's going to use it for him. And he does. And I, it's, it's still one of my primary struggles, Joe. Uh, it, it really is, man. You know, anger, brother, is the doorway, the gateway for the enemy into your home. And it's through you. Hmm. You're the strong man that's protecting your home that God talks about in the Bible. The enemy needs to go through you to get to your family. Anger is the vehicle, the crack the access that he uses. This is it. This is powerful. All right, so Dave, 
you're saying like, you got to pray, bro. You got to pray in the morning, start your day with God. You know, there's a brother listening right now and he's like, I tried prayer. Doesn't work for me. It's, I'm just not effective in it, Dave. I'm not fruitful. My prayer is just boring. It feels routine. It feels forced. What is an effective way, Dave, that you have found to pray that actually changes the trajectory of your day? Absolutely. Um, one of my, the, one of the priests that I had in, in orthodoxy told me, <clears throat> told me just to do this. We have a simple prayer in orthodoxy. It's called the Jesus prayer. Lord Jesus, son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. That's it. Um, monks will pray it like a hundred times in any given moment. Start your day with three, Lord have mercies. And then maybe add another couple the next day, another couple the next day. And just start. Because you can say that prayer. You don't, need to, you don't need to have eloquent words. You don't need to be you know, overly verbose or anything like that. Start simple. Build the habit. You know, uh, there's, a, there's a great analogy with uh, Jerry Seinfeld when he was up and coming. One of, his, one of the things that he did is that he would get a calendar and he put it on his wall. And every day that he wrote a joke, he would put a big red X on that day because he, he did, he did he, he's starting to build that habit. And he didn't want to break that chain of red X's on his, on his calendar. So that's how he became who he became because he focused on building that small habit on a daily basis. You can do the same thing with prayer and it's going to have a, a very compounding effect. Mm. Dave, can you recall the best prayer you've ever said to God? Honestly, no, I can't recall the, the best prayer. But what I can say is I know the effects of praying habitually. I can, mm. I feel it. I have a different sense. I look at people differently. Uh, you know, if they're usually my first, my first uh, response, obviously would be in anger. If someone did something to us, but then I, you know, when I'm prayerful, when I'm doing that, when I, when I'm in tune with God, in tune with that relationship, I find myself thinking about maybe why that other person uh, said what they said or did what they did. And that maybe God is using that person's response for, to teach me something that, uh, I know, I know a lot of monks when they, when they think about the learning obedience from their spiritual father, they will take chastisement and everything because that's how they learn to be humble. That's how they learn to do God's will over their own. And so I would say, focus on being humble, focus on not letting your anger overtake you. Focus on being a guy that looks to what God wants first and then what other wants second. And then not even considering yourself, consider yourself least of all. And you'll, you'll see what God does in your life. It's pretty amazing. Dave, I think it's powerful what you're saying. Start with the small daily habit of prayer. And the prayer could be as short as five seconds like Dave just gave to you, brother. And what I like about that prayer and starting with that prayer that you just uh, taught our audience, Dave, is that it immediately puts you in a place of humility, mm -hmm. right? It puts you in a posture, a prayer posture of humility saying, Lord, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. And maybe you think like, well, I didn't sin yesterday. I did pretty good. Look at me go. Listen, your nature is sinful. You're like two skips and a jump away from the next one. Like, let's be real, okay? And right there, that spiritual pride, that's probably right right at the verge of sin right there. I, I didn't sin. I'm so good. Look at this. The enemy's like, yes, another access. All right. So when you put yourself in that posture of humility, it allows two things, I believe. Dave, correct me if you think I'm wrong on this. The first thing, it lets God have compassion on you. Mm. Amen. The second thing it creates is an access for you to have compassion on yourself. Boom. Yeah. Without you having compassion on yourself and your own broken state and need for God, you cannot possibly have compassion for the brokenness in others around you. You can't. The reason why we explode on other people around us and we just think they're less than or why don't they see the world the way I see it? If everyone would just do like I think, this world would go smoothly, right? 
The reason why we're showing up that way is because we have no compassion for our character defects, for our flaws, for our sinfulness. We're so hard on ourselves as men. Then the world comes at us even harder. And if that wasn't enough, the enemy comes on us and judges us and condemns us. How could you do that? What kind of father are you? You're looking at porn again? What kind of husband are you? She deserves better. Right? And we're buried in this pile of rocks, so we don't have compassion for ourselves. But I tell you this, God told me something in prayer just yesterday. Because I was wrestling with this in my prayer, you know, just like you guys. And uh, I'm like, God, you know, forgive me. I repent for, you know, I was judging people all day at the new church we're attending because we just moved. And I'm like, God, it's not me. They just keep giving me so many reasons to judge them. <laughs> Pride and arrogance, right? But you know what God said to me? He said, see the cross they're carrying. Don't see them. Don't see the bad behavior. You have your own, Joseph. See the cross each of them is carrying. See past the sin, see past the hurt, see past the brokenness, see past the annoyance, see the cross that they're carrying. Everyone's carrying a cross at every given moment of their lives. And when you start to see the cross in them because you recognize your own cross and you gave it to God that morning and asked him to forgive you for your own sinfulness, you're able to, like Dave said, take the scales off. And start to see the crosses all around you and go, oh my goodness, that guy's got a bigger cross than I do. Thank you, Lord, for my life. Thank you, Lord, for my wife. Dave, what do you want to say about that? You know, as you were saying, um, there's this uh, song by Nickelback. It's called Saving Me. And Mm -hmm. in the music video, um, there's a guy that is trying to, is walking around and seeing little um timers on everyone over everyone's head and it's the the countdown to the end of their life so he has to go around and find somebody who is you know just about to tick out and when you said you know you got to figure out and, and and think about everyone's crosses we are all um facing something that we have to die to it's usually ourselves but then there's also other areas within our life that we have to die to die to anger die to substance abuse um, die to maybe a relationship that we had that, that was, that was heavy on our heart and on, and how we saw the world. Mm. So what, what is God, what is God one showing you that you have to die to? Is there, is there some kind of especially pride that you need to, um, ask him to help you overcome? And then what are areas that you see other people suffering with? You know, if, if somebody's yelling at you, what are they really dealing with though? What is something that, what is, you know, do you find out that maybe they have a, they have a disease or something and in a, and in, a, in an effort to overcome it, they are uh, angry at everybody else. I mean, it's, it's usually anyone that's at, that you're having an issue with, they're usually coming at it from their own source of pride. And so just ask God to, to let you see that. And, and above all, keep those people in your prayers. You're not going to be so angry with them if you're praying for them. That's the key. That's the access. Beautiful. Listen, BC Nation, the angriest person in any room is the person carrying the largest cross. That's the tell. That's why they're angry. They feel buried. They feel crushed by the weight of the rocks in their life. They do. That's the person that needs your compassion the most but they're the easiest ones to throw rocks back at. Don't take the bait. It's the enemy. He has us throwing rocks at each other rather than loving each other. See, that's God's way. When we're throwing rocks back, we're doing the enemy's way. And there's one path we're headed on. All right, Dave, I've done a lot of talk in this show. That's, this is rare, okay? I know it's my show, but you're my guest. And you're adding tremendous value right now to my listeners. So what have we not discussed that the man who feels stuck right now or crushed by the weight of his own destiny, 
is feeling right now, what have we not said to him that you think he needs to hear right now? Well, number one, um, I love how you use the rock analogy because on Easter Sunday, what does Jesus do? Moves the stone. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And that's just one. I mean, how many has he moved over the course of the centuries? Um, So consider that your, your rocks, your issues are not so big that God can't handle them. Second of all, uh, I really wanted to touch on my story of coming back, um, of really feeling, I mean, I'll be honest with you, feeling God's presence in my life for the first time. Um, so I mentioned everything at the outset about how I attended a, you know, I attended, attended Catholic schools all my life. Um, but it wasn't until I was working this job that I, I, I really wasn't happy with, uh, that I, I really felt God for the first time, I think. And it was in 2013. I remember I, I was, I used to do a walk during my lunch break just to get out of my head and, and just to, just to not put away all the craziness that was going on at the job. And I would pass by, uh, this, this church in Philadelphia called St. Augustine's. Uh, and I noticed that they had a weekday mass at noon uh, for about a half an hour. So it was perfect for going on my lunch break. And I just had the thought of, okay, you know what, tomorrow I'm going to go, I'm going to try it out. I, I don't, I don't know why I just, I felt like I had to be there. And I know there were, there were, my wife is always encouraging me to go back and go back and go to God, go to God in prayer. And I just felt very compelled to do this. And I remember clear as day, I, I, I went into the church, beautiful church. I could share pictures with you. I mean, it's gorgeous. And um, I sat down in the pew and I, I listened to the, uh, <clears throat> to the, the readings that day and listened to the priest's homily. And there just came a point where I just started, I started bawling. I started crying. Mm. I just, I felt like this, I was supposed to be here. You, you were, you were leading me here all along and I'm, I'm here and, I, and I'm, I'm finally back. But what was different about it this time is that I showed up of my own volition. I wasn't just being carted around by my parents. It wasn't just a tick in the box. It, it wasn't an obligation. I didn't have to be there. This was my, my lunch break. You know I mean? Come on. I got, this is my time, <laughs> but I gave it to God for the first time. And I got to tell you, I mean, he revealed things to me about myself that I, you, you kind of knew were there, but man, when he gets to use you, he gets to use you. And for the first time, I got to use one of my talents for God. I got to, it, for those masses going forward, I was invited to be a reader. So I got to stand up in front of people and, and, and read God's word. And it felt like such a privilege. I mean, it was, it was amazing. And God used that for, to encourage me. He, people would come up to me and say how well I did. And it was like, for the first time, I, w- I was hearing all the, all the bad news at the job, but then I was getting true, real good news for my life, attending those services. And it really just set me on a trajectory. Uh, and I just encourage all of you to just, if you feel like God is leading you, don't ignore the call. Mm, what a great story. You know, remember this, brothers. You've heard it before. Just a quick reminder. The enemy condemns us. God, through his spirit, convicts us. That's what Dave just spoke about. There was a prompting in his heart that convicted him. Hey, come spend time with me. Go to the church right here in your neighborhood. Come spend time with me. I got something for you. Dave walks in. I don't know why I'm here. I just felt I needed to be here. That's called obedience, brother. It doesn't come with a whole plan. God doesn't lay out the blueprint of your life before you, before he asks you to take the first step. He always asks you to take the first step before he gives you or before he illuminates your path. That requires faith. Bingo. Oh, darn. I don't like the way God operates. Neither do I. But he's better than us. His ways are higher. So what is that prompting right now, brother, that maybe you've been sitting with for a day or two? It just showed up in this conversation as you're listening to this show in your ears. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just put a soft little whisper prompting, come spend time with me. Go ask your wife for forgiveness. Go schedule an hour with your son, with your daughter. No phone. 
ask them about their lives. What is that prompting right now? Don't resist it. There will be consequences. It's true. But just obey the very next step. Okay, just take the step. Look what it did for Dave. All of a sudden, God pulls him. And I'm sure it wasn't an easy, clear, perfect blueprint path, step-by-step, paint-by-number path. But that initiated, right, his walk back to the Father. Right? It's, it's the, the prodigal son. He came back to his senses and said, wait a second. If I go back to the Father's house, at least I don't have to eat this crap anymore. You know, because let's be honest, brother, you're shoving crap in your face, in your mind, day after day, in your head. Dave, that was awesome. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break here. Brother, I want to speak to you for a second. If you're listening to the show right now, this is for all the Christian husbands out there. I'm speaking to you right now. You've been struggling with... Lack of purpose. You've been struggling with no clarity as to what's God's plan for your life at this moment in time. You're struggling with different rocks, I call them. Head trash. Rocks of addiction. Porn. Overdrinking. Working way too much. Avoiding going home. Because it's things you just don't want to deal with there. Anger. Inner rage. All these rocks are weighing you down and crushing you and you think this is just the way life is. You just got to deal with it. It's just how life goes because you've been carrying these rocks from one side of your back to the next your whole life. You just think this is life. I got news for you, brother. It's not. God's got a much better way for you. I'm telling you, I've done it. I get to coach all these men that do it. So if you want to get rid of these rocks once and for all, I'm not talking about counseling. I'm not talking about therapy where you get to go and talk about your rocks, play the victim. Oh, look at me. My wife, she beats me. You know, That's not what we're doing here. Like if you want to get rid of your rocks, the head trash, the anxiety, the stress, the anger, the rage, once and for all, like be done with it permanently, never have to deal with these rocks ever again. That's what I do. Like God lets me participate in your journey. Here's what I sell in my coaching. I sell God's peace and God's purpose. Do you want some? Come on. Peace and purpose. It's what every man wants. Let's go. Don't you want to be on your deathbed dying without regrets with a smile ear to ear because you loved well and you lived well and now you're entering God's kingdom? If you want help with that and you're actually man enough to ask for the help, because if you're not, it's okay. You're not ready for my coaching. But if you're man enough to ask for the help, go to blowuprocks.com and we're going to blow up those rocks you're carrying, my brother. No more rocks. Bye-bye rocks. And hey, we're guys. We love blowing up things. Let's blow up the rocks. There's nothing wrong with you. The enemy has been telling you there's something broken in you. There's something faulty with you. There's something wrong with you. You're you're non-repairable. These are lies. You're just carrying rocks. We get rid of the rocks. Go to blowuprocks.com. I'll see you there. Okay, welcome back to the show. We're speaking with Dave. Dave the man, Domzowski, and he gets to work with a lot of men. And he runs a a show, a podcast, a top podcast, a top 200, top 100 men's podcast called Dad's Dad Devotionals. Dad Devotionals. All right. And he gets to speak with a lot of men. And man, he's just schooling us today. This guy's got so much wisdom from the school of hard knocks. Like I could tell. I know when I'm speaking with someone who's been in the trenches that I've been in. I know when I'm speaking with a brother in arms, another fighter, a warrior against evil. I know it. I see it. I feel it. And I also know when I'm not speaking with one of those guys. Okay. So David is one of those guys. I truly believe it. Dave, welcome back. Welcome to the confession round. My favorite part of the show, I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You were born and raised a Catholic, right? Now you're Orthodox Christian, but you remember that word confession, Mm -hmm. right? Yes, I do. Yes, you do. All right. So 10 quick fire questions. You'll have three seconds to answer each. It's just for fun. It's like a game show. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Let's go. What's your favorite thing about God? 
his mercy. Ah, it's truly amazing. What's your least favorite thing about God? His will not always conforming to my own. <laughs> you know, I just can't fit God into my box anymore. He's a little too big. I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life, Dave. It's just part of the human condition. What are you currently struggling, challenged with, um, either professionally right now in your life or personally? You know, this is something that runs the gamut for me. I, I would say focus. Um, I feel there's a lot of things that are clamoring for my attention, and it's sometimes it's hard for me to stay centered. Yeah, I get that completely. What are you most afraid of? I, I would say rejection. Yeah. We just want everyone to like us. Please, everyone like me. What did you spend way too much time doing this past year? That's easy. Uh, spending too much time on this thing, <laughs> on, my, on my iPhone. <laughs> that darn iPhone. You know, have you ever wondered why the logo is a bitten apple? Hmm. It's up in a ponder, people. All right. Us Christians get it. What secret fear do you have about people? I would say that they don't, they won't take me seriously. Yeah. I used to have that big time. Yeah. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? Hmm. Well, I, I would say how he actually doesn't set us up for failure. Although I think I believe that for a long time. Dude, I'm right there with you, man. <laughs> like he actually has plans for good and not yeah, for okay. harm. Right. <laughs> Probably why he said it in the Bible. Okay. What's a new habit you're going to create this year? Um, this is one, especially for my family. I, I want to be more present. You know, it goes back to that issue with the iPhone. Yeah, I get that. What's a bad habit you're going to break other than the iPhone? Neglecting my prayer life. Bro, step up to your own advice and coaching on this conversation. Pick three words to describe who you are now, Dave. I would say blessed, hmm. humbled. God really has worked on me and hopeful. Blessed, humble, and hopeful. Hopeful. Pick three words to describe who you were before you sat in that Catholic church and just like experienced God for the first time, really in relationship. Very, very, very easy for those. Angry, irritated, and hateful. Whoa. Yeah. That's pretty heavy, bro. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Got it. And last question. If you could come back to life after you died, look your family, your friends, your wife, your kids in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about God and relationship with him in this life, what would you say to them? I would say walk the narrow path and don't be afraid to put on his armor every day. Amen to that. You know, I realized, Dave, I'm very enthusiastic today. Like my energy is all over the place. The accent's flowing, right? It's just firing on all cylinders. For some of you listening, you're like, this guy, this guy, Joseph, he's a jerk. He's just too high energy for me. Hey, you're not my person. It's okay. We'll still be friends. You can still listen. I'll still give you free content. You're welcome. But man, if you resonate with a little fun in the seriousness of your life and the rocks you're dealing with, and you actually want to have some more fun in your life, I may be your guy. Who knows? All right. So, Dave, this is where you get to give our audience a homework assignment. Nice. Yeah. Like, he just rubbed his hands. He's like, you know, for a little control freak like myself, this is awesome. Here's what you must do. All right. So what's one action BC Nation must take this week if they actually want to move from the place of stuckness they find themselves? Well, I already talked about the prayer habit, so we're not going to talk about that. I would say find just 10 minutes per day to read either the Bible or another spiritual book. Start the habit. Uh, and I'll be honest, you'll be surprised at how your thoughts and your outlook change. You know, I mean, you're, you're looking at things in a different light. Or at the very least, you, you get to start to question your beliefs about who God is and how you relate to them. And, and I would say just start. Mm, just start. And make sure it's a Judeo-Christian spiritual book because yes. that, that word's been abused, okay? We're not worshiping yes. you. We're not worshiping the universe. We don't worship creatures. We worship the creator of the creatures. That's the difference. And not uh, self-help either. <laughs> and not self-help. It's about God's help. Yes, yes. All right. So, BC Nation, do you enjoy the show? If you do, would you stop thinking about writing a review? And actually take the step. Seriously, go to brokencatholic.com, write a review, 
Go to, you know, Apple. Write a, view, a review with the bitten apple. Like, go do it. You know, come on. Come on. This allows more people to be reached by God's love and mercy. That's what you're standing for. Don't you want more of that in your own life? Then spread it. Let's go. Don't be selfish with God. All right. So, Dave, what's the best way for BC Nation to get in touch with you? I could tell they like you. They love you. They trust you. They're like, dude, this guy... Man, he just spoke to my heart in a way nobody's ever done before. What do you got for them, Dave? Absolutely. Well, you can listen to episode 117 with this guy right here at daddevotionals.com slash podcast slash 117. And you can also join my Devoted Dads community. Just text me at 717-913-5671 and you're in. Dude, you offer the text option. You are so such an advanced Christian. I'm just saying. (laughs) It's brilliant. All right, Dave, thank you for being on Broken Catholic, number one podcast on iTunes for Protestants and Catholics. Stop fighting people. Let's get along. We have the same father, right? We all need Jesus, and the enemy is our enemy. Dave, I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. Thank you so much, Joe. Appreciate it. Cheers. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on a bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.